Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Same. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watch the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> this month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Sit Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Uh-huh. Coming to you live from the Starburn Studio in Burbank, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, hello, environment. Am I your friend? Are these biodegradable doggy bags eco-friendly, or am I just tossing Mother Earth an everlasting bag of dog shit? Attorney Justin Arisman, professor of environmental law at the University of Southern California, guides us through the minefield of what is environmentally friendly and what makes our habitat unfriend us. Plus, Tony Anita Hull shares listener descriptions of the show, and we've moved. We'll tell you all about our new digs at Starburn Studios. Same show, different discarded mattresses. I'm Adam Felber, the man who makes sure our conversations end up in the correct topical recycling bin. And now, please welcome the woman who faithfully keeps every environment free of wasteful excess, except for the conversations on this show, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much. All right. We you are know, in a new studio. It's a crazy We're in a new studio. Everyone said to me, it's 10 minutes from Ray Horseman. It's 10 minutes from Ray Horseman. It yeah. was. It is not 10 minutes from Ray Horseman. I've been driving and driving and driving. We had to leave Ray Horseman because we broke the door. We did break the door. With the big boat, with the keel boat from well, you the brought Lewis, Lewis and, Clark. and Clark's keel boat last week. and uh, Maybe that was a For a, the sake of argument, that was the, the final straw. Yeah, uh, I at, guess at, that was it for us. So we had to come here to Starburns. And, and I have to confess, everyone kept saying to me, why don't you go check it out? Why don't you go see what it looks like? And I said, well, because it's a long drive from Santa Monica. That's why I don't. And so 
Captain Crinkle Bonnie Burns talked me into uh-huh. coming uh-huh. Uh, the other day, right. and she was so excited to show me, a, I don't know if it was a lounge or someone's office or if it's even part of this building, I don't know, but there was a room <laughs> that she took me into. Have you seen it? It has like- Bonnie, I don't follow Bonnie into any room ever. It has like brown- Bonnie's got, there's a misery vibe there going on. It, this it is worse like, than Winnie Feynman. I, I, I can't do it. It has like brown, I don't know, vinyly. what is that? Uh, there was a Leather? Word. Yeah, but it's not leather. Vinyl? Uh, something like that. Pleather? Okay. Pleather or something like that. It looks like a den that a rich guy invites his potential son-in-law into to grill him about marrying his daughter. Are you, Do you about know the, the room, room over there that has the bar and everything? Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's like yeah. a lounge. Yeah. It's uh, no, It's not cool. It's No, there's something about it. I can't believe we're in a new space. We've got new hosts, and, and, and you're, you're bitching about some lounge no, you don't I'm like. No, I'm really happy to have uh, everything's good, but okay. that was just, I, you know, having heard you guys describe it, oh, it's going to, you know. And it's then like a I rec went room. Into, it's not a rec room. It's a room for the wrecked. <laughs> it's it's a room that you get I just, wrecked no, I saw, in. Definitely, I saw a bar with a big old bottle of Maker's Mark that has my name on it. As far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah, there's something. And then the drive over here, I, I from Santa Monica, um, I went into Nevada. Was I supposed See, to? That's, do you think I, I think the problem because yeah. Nevada should never enter into the equation. Yeah, yeah. I, I went east. Right. That was correct, wasn't right. it? I went east from yeah. Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Monica, you, I'm on the water. Once you once you got to Nevada, you've gone too far. Yeah. yeah well, that's sure. what they told me because I pulled over. As soon as I crossed into Nevada, I pulled over and asked directions. Maybe you'll do better next week. I said, week. can you tell me where Starburns Studios is at? Is that what it's called, Starburns Studios? More or less. Yeah. yeah. I said, can you tell me where Starburns Studio is? And yeah. they said, oh, it's like 10 minutes from Ray Horseman Studios. It is. Uh, <laughs> no, they said. Uh, <laughs> it's really about 10 minutes. Yeah. No, they they. Said, oh, you mean that place with that kind of odd room that everybody thinks is so cool, <laughs> with the pleather? Is that really the, what happened? The, the room from, um, I think it was in Mame. In Mame? <laughs> I think that room was in Mame. I think I think it was in the Graduate. It might have been in the Graduate. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's where exactly Mr. Right. Robinson pours a drink. That's exactly for right. Hoffman. Yeah, it's that's that exactly room. right. That's exactly <laughs> the vibe. Yeah. No, we got the whole crew here. We've got we've got Tony Anita Hull. We've got Bonnie Burns right here on base. Uh, we've got we ja- have returning Captain champion Crinkle. Daniel Grimsland. Thanks for being here, well, Daniel. Welcome, Sounds Daniel. Great already. And then we have some new people. Oh, right the right way- through the glass over here, we've <laughs> okay. got Land Romo. He's our, he's one of our producers. He's here at Starburns, and and we've got Jessica Gutierrez. Oh man, good the our role there. Thank you very much. Um, but the way this is a different co- okay. Yeah. The other studio, Ray Horseman Studios, we're all in the room together. But in this one, these guys are like newborn babies. They're on the other side of a glass thing. Yeah, I think we're newborn babies to them. No, they're the newborn babies. We're in the well lit chamber. No, That's they're they're with climate control. They're newborn babies <laughs> no. with, with already with vision problems. Aren't they cute? So they have to keep the it dark in there. For oh, them. I see. Their their clocks are already off. Their eyes are dilated. Uh, uh, you know what I did do? Um, you know to sort of warm the pl- to make the place homey, make it ours. Is I brought my snake plant. You yeah, did. It's I, a... I did. I brought my snake. Plant. But you brought something else too. Uh, I did bring something else. Uh, f- for our auction tonight, we're having yeah, another no, la- auction. Last week we had an auction that actually 
ended our tenure at Ray Horseman Studios. And 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 by the way, it is kind of a fond goodbye to Miranda Street. We're gonna have to discover this new neighborhood, but Roger Federer's store is gonna I'm have gonna to. I'm gonna miss continue, Roger Federer. Continue on without us. I, and, you know, fortunately, it's only ten minutes away, so I can <laughs> swing so by. So you could there. be there in an hour and a half. And keep in mind that the people uh, who are interested in the hundred collar contest, I want you to know. Unfortunately, that, it's over. No, it is not over. Oh, you okay. st- the hundred collar contest is continuing, and you continue to be able to receive the hundredth caller receives uh, any appliance you want from Roger Federer's appliance store Which over on Miranda Fetter. Street, and also you get to hang out with Adam Felber after the game. So, Which you don't. Let's, uh, yeah, you do, and so uh, <laughs> that's good. But I did bring for an auction. I I decided to bring a smaller item uh, because we did get thrown out of the other place because I brought that kill bone. It broke the door. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, it so, was, what have you brought? Got for us tonight for our I, I brought, online uh, auction. As you, here it is: this paper mache head from the Alcatraz escape. It's a very nice looking head. Uh, on June 11, nineteen sixty-two, Frank Morris, as well as John and Clarence Anglin, uh, all three bank robbers, by the way, yeah, escaped. From, from Alcatraz. From Alcatraz. As commemorated in the movie, Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, I think there's more than one Alcatraz escape movie. Okay. Yeah, but they all get away. Uh, anyways, the brothers, I think, were the ones who made the heads uh, from a homemade cement powder mixture that included soap and toilet paper. I believe they made four heads. And now, did they make I them in, like, shop them. class at, at the prison, or did they make them in their spare time under the... I, no, they made them in their spare time, but they did use paint from the prison art kits. Okay. Uh, a, a, a Caucasian, so, you know, this is a fairly tone. realistic looking paper mache head. It's an amazing paper mache head, given the stress under which they had to create it. Yeah. You know. Now, I are mean, these the genuine ones from the Escape or from one of the Escape from Alcatraz movies? No, this is an original. Because uh, it looks recent. No. No, no, it was uh, uh, it was used uh, June June eleventh, nineteen sixty two. What they did, you guys—that's some long lived paper mache right there, Paula. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, I've kept it in good condition since I've had it. Which uh, is... I keep it okay. sealed, uh, just sealed, <laughs> sealed. Um, but, you know, while they were escaping, um, uh-huh. and they you know dug a tunnel. I think it was under their uh, under the sink. Um, and they had some sheets hung over the the drain pipe so that they couldn't, so that the secu- you know the guards couldn't see. But while now, if I was were- a prison guard, whenever anybody hung a sheet or a poster, I'd be like, "I've seen Shawshank Redemption." You know, I kind of feel that um, I think that prison security uh, was naive back then. Um, I think, you know, they were a step away from using the honor system, really, uh, because the guards would walk by at regular intervals. Sure. And and they would, you know, shine the flashlight or whatever to make sure that the the inmate was asleep. And so what these guys did was they put these paper mache heads on their pillows and, uh, you know, made, you know, sheets or whatever for the body. And this this passed uh, for it made the guard think that the prisoner was Sleeping there, and they were able then to Fantastic. escape. Yeah. Um, so these are there's uh, these a are, piece of history, Paul. Yeah, a piece it's, of history. It's exactly now, what I have for you. Is yeah, a piece of well, uh, not uh, for you because you're. Um, it, it is an online auction. Well, you okay. know, last week uh, we had a variety of bidders, and okay. uh, and you bid on the uh, on the head. Okay, so if you uh, if you want to bid on the head, oh look, from... we already got a bid. Look oh, at we that! Did. Oh my God! Uh, 
uh, it's surprising. Our, once again, it's our benefactor, You're Scott Franciscus. It is. Yeah. Scott Franciscus. $25. Wow. With this priceless paper mache head. Scott Franciscus, thank you for bidding. Three bank robbers who wanted nothing more than to stroll down the streets of San Francisco to do just that. It's a freedom head. That's what it is. It's a freedom head. Uh, and does Scott have it for $25? He has lots of <laughs> soap. He can you. make his own. He doesn't have lots of soap. He has yeah. one bar that we sent. Well, that's plenty. He can make a teeny little head. Yeah, it's a, it's a bar of hotel soap. It would be a very small, it would be he a shrunken head. He can make a Lilliputian head. A Lilliputian head, indeed. Speaking of Lilliputian, do you have a word for us, Paula Poundstone? I do have a word, Adam, and uh, it is... Our first word at Starburns Studios in Burbank, California oh, is... Oh, man. You're like a new dad. I'm so excited. You know, I like just, this place. You know, it's oh, it's my kid's first day at kindergarten. Oh, you just take don't a care as long there. as there's a microphone oh, and something to bitch it's, about. It's my kid's <laughs> first day of having a snack. Take a picture of that. Oh, this is going to fascinate everybody. Have you seen these little bottles of water we get here? I did. They're teeny. They're Lilliputian bottles of water. Okay. I have a word, Adam. It's a plum. A plum. It's a noun that yes. means calm and or self-confident. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I have never in my entire life, even for a second, had a plum. But I am certainly happy for those who do. I would say that's true. Yeah. You Not have even... so many good qualities, but Not, a, yeah. pl- a plum. I don't have a plum. Elon, Grace. Now you, I notice you're saying a plum. I've just always said it that way. Yeah. Well, that would be UMB. This is OMB. A plum. So you say More it like, like bomb? So- so, all right, so if there's a loud explosion, you look around and see if a bum went off? A bum? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Whoa. I just always said a plum. Yeah, I think it's a plum. Uh, okay. It's a noun that means self-confident. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, okay. Uh, I think I'm right on the edge of success in remembering these vocabulary words as a result of creating a vocabulary song each week. Yeah. Uh, that goes something like this. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, you learned how to play that on your clock. This word is a plum. It's a noun that means calm, <laughs> self-confidence. Will I ever have that? Not a chance. Last week word was vituperative. It's an adjective that means bitter and abusive. What a shitty life you live. Ooh, that would be vituperative. Yes, it would. The week before that, the word was lilliputian. It's an adjective that means very small or unimportant. <laughs> also, it's a noun that means very small or unimportant person or thing. Going back before that, we had prandial. It's an adjective that means of or relating to a meal. I don't like the mashed potatoes with the peel. That would be a prandial conversation. I like that you have internal rhymes but no external ones. And not long ago, the word was myrmidon. It's a noun that means follower or subordinate of a powerful person, especially one who's willing to engage in dishonest activities. Who could that be? Beats me. Beats me. Let's never forget Gullima Free. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't Doesn't think my song song is replicable. 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 Woo! But I do. I I do. do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay, Paula Poundstone. 
Again, the replicable parts of those songs are the ones that don't help you remember the definitions of the words. Hodgepodge, who's Pudge? Exactly. Galimafree. Well, well done. There you go. How would I remember I have some news. I want to break out some news. I, you're, you're, you're not going to like, you're going to love this. Prandial. And then you're going to not like it. relating to a meal. Yes, that's yeah. what prandial means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the mashed potatoes with the peel. That would be a prandial conversation. Yeah, okay. So it's, <laughs> you're starting to remember a song that you've that you've written. Okay, so yeah. maybe maybe I've been wrong about this the whole time. What? Tony, Tony Anita Hull <laughs> loves this song. It's a great song. She That's told why. me before she loves it, and then she told me why. <laughs> and you're going to hate this. I am. She said, it's because I love the song Lullaby of Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. You won't believe me. You've I mean, stolen it, Paul. No, You've maybe, stolen it. Maybe great minds think alike, but I don't know the song The Lullaby of Broadway, and I don't want to listen to it now because I don't want to be influenced by you, it. You couldn't possibly be more influenced. <laughs> Although, I, I, would say that, I will say this. The Lullaby of Broadway had other melodic parts to it, too. That well, you, precisely. It's not the same. No. No, you know, it's not. <laughs> you know, you're a little obdurate on this subject, Adam. I am? You are. Why? I'm just pointing out realities, mm-hmm. certain realities. Although I will say this, you have been. Did you stop at a rest stop on your way here? I did not. There are no rest stops. I stopped between at here. a rest stop. No, between here and San- between here and here. I live really nearby. Here and here. Yeah. yeah. You know, let me ask you something. Why yeah. is that? So we moved studios, yeah. and we got further from my house and closer to yours. Why is that? Okay, we're not closer to mine. We're actually further from mine. Oh, you! Oh my God! I practically lived like a half a mile from from Miranda Street. There are nights do. where you and your kids slipped out on those mattresses. Is yeah. that correct? It's yeah, fun for the whole family. It's yeah. like it was like camping. Come on, Come on kids, we're gonna sleep we're under gonna the camp stars. out on a bloody mattress tonight. Daddy, we don't like the wires all over the place. Don't sleep on the wires, kids. Just move them aside. <laughs> there were always just sort of loose wires. You'd be walking on that street, yeah. and then your feet would feel so you'd look down and there'd be like wires around you yeah face. it was really weird i feel like some sort of electronics genius lived on that street or yeah. maybe well there were a lot of appliances because of course roger federer's appliance stores over yeah. there yeah well i don't know nothing about this neighborhood yet no me neither it's all in the I, heart all, of burbank though all i know is i drove around it and around it and around it <laughs> and then i turned on olive street olive street i i, I had to go on olive for a while i have no idea why <laughs> okay um hey is there anything else with the auction anything anything new any new bids? Uh, I, there ha- no. <laughs> um, there is, uh, for those who are considering bidding, I want you to know that the eyebrows and the mustache uh, and the hair um, were made from hair from the barbershop that the bank robbers acquired from the barbershop. Did and they really? Very, yeah. Yeah. So they acquired hair from the barbershop. Yeah. They really wanted it to be that realistic in the middle uh, of the night. Yeah. 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 And then when they did... Uh, when they did so this escape, is real hair? you know, so it is real hair, yeah. Ew. Um, yeah, don't touch it because it comes off somewhat easily. Yeah, I would think um, after 50 years. Yeah. Uh, when they did um, go into the ocean, which they did, they uh, did it on a raft that they had made from 50 raincoats. 50 raincoats? Yeah. They made the raft out of raincoats? Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that work? I have no idea. I, did, I only have the... You know the facts. So, you don't know uh, You the... know, as soon as I can get my hands on the raincoat life raft, I will do that. Where is the money from this auction going to? Uh, well, I'm waiting for um, uh, Oleg... Uh, the Russian oligarch. Yeah, the, I'm who waiting bid for, last week on that. I'm waiting for the Russian oligarch's uh, 
money to come in, uh-huh. um, and then I'll let you know where it goes to. <laughs> okay. So you, that, you know, I have a lot of expenses. You certainly you do. Know, you, you don't tape do. in a place like this for free, let no, me tell you. No, if you're driving you. all the way to Nevada, that's uh, good gas money yeah. alone. <laughs> Coming up, Jane Goodall said, I like to envision the whole world as a jigsaw puzzle. If you look at the whole picture, it is overwhelming and terrifying. But if you work on your little part of the jigsaw and know that people all over the world are working on their little bits, that's what will give you hope. How can we do our little bit to be environmentally friendly? Justin Erisman is here to help us find out. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally. And everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, 
Geronimo said, Here I go! I'm gonna jump! One, two, three! William! We're back. Paula Poundstone, how you doing? Oh, good. Hey, 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 hey. What? Uh, we just got another uh, another bid. Um, oh, we did? Uh, on, our... on our online auction for this uh, paper mache bust created uh, as part of the Alcatraz escape. That is correct. Okay. Uh, it comes from uh, Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort? Former employee of Russian oligarch uh, Oleg Deripaska, uh-huh. uh, who won the Lewis and Clark keelboat uh, last week, by sure, the way. Sure, sure, sure. Um, now... Paul Manafort is in the U.S. penitentiary. He's in prison. I don't know how he'd be bidding in an online auction. Uh, well, he also, and I don't know how he does this either, but he still consults for some Republican operatives. I, I wonder if we should be worried about him bidding on the Freedom Head. Well, only it's only a Freedom Head because you've called it a Freedom Head. But, I mean, I wonder if... We should contact the prison and let them know that pa- Paul Manafort is oh, bidding. Oh, you think he's... Oh! I don't know. You know Paul, what? make your own paper mache head. You don't uh, want to be bidding on this. Uh, $2,550. $2,550? Yeah, so that's where He it's... is always willing to pay more money than... Because, like, paper mache is... It's literally made of, like, newspaper and paste, isn't it? $2,550. That's what he, he used to pay for a shirt. So... Yeah. This is nothing to Paul Well, Manafort, it's... Uh, but, that's... Uh, all right. Bidding stands at, at yeah. that number. All right. Uh, yeah. I, 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 question, I question the wisdom of that. Because if he's trying to make a prison break, number one, it's been done... Number two, a 50-year-old paper mache head is not going to be very helpful. Well, it might be. I don't know. Well, just, you know. Wouldn't a new one be more durable? He's not looking all that spry. Point taken. <laughs> now, Paula, you are um, incredibly conscientious and conscious about uh, eco-friendly living. I try you really hard. You care about the environment. I do, but I, I still have all these questions. You know, it's, it's hard to know if products that claim to be environmentally friendly really are. Why? I mean— because they write it on the label, and what do I know? Well, if it's on the label, it's true, isn't it? Well, this is exactly the problem. You don't Not think always, so? Adam. No, I don't. But it's on a label. There uh, are right. laws. How about turtle wax? Do you think that comes from a turtle? No. Well, then that's a name. You can't trust everything that's a brand name. on a label. I wonder if we have anyone. I don't think anyone. Dr. Pepper's a doctor. Okay. Well, <laughs> he's certainly curing my virus. Um, I wonder if we have anyone that could help us. Well, by outstanding coincidence, we do. Just to my right, um, Justin Erisman received his Ph.D. in chemistry and his undergraduate degree in environmental studies from the University of Southern California. He subsequently earned a law degree at the Loyola Law School and serves as an adjunct faculty member of the environmental studies program at the University of Southern California, USC. Please welcome Justin Erisman, Professor. <laughs> welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, is there a standard for the term environmentally friendly, and who is responsible for certifying that claim? Well, so the in the U.S., uh, under federal law, we have uh, anti-false advertising laws, yes. which are regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. You see, Poundstone? So the Federal Trade Commission is in charge of policing that. So they Do actually- they? Uh, and they do, yes. But at the same time, there's a lot of products that are out there, uh, a lot of claims being made. So it's difficult to police all of them. Uh, but they do issue, in addition to uh, uh, taking enforcement actions, they've issued green guides, which they first issued in 1992, updated in 1996, 1998, and 2012, which give guidance on what claims you can make. Uh, so they have this comprehensive guidance system for companies to to consult when they want to make these type of claims. 
And if companies step out of bounds, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, can bring uh, an action against those companies, either in the way of... Do they? They do. Yeah, I, I don't Give me have... an example of like the Federal Trade Commission uh, steps in and says, you can't call them panda chips. There's no real panda in them. Yeah, I, so I, I'm more familiar with the green guides themselves, which, okay. which advise companies to stay away from sort of generalized claims of eco-friendly, um, you know, good for the environment. And their guidance is that if you're going to make those types of claims, you should be specific as to what it is about your claim that's eco-friendly or environmentally friendly. So the consumer knows... Uh, what it is that they're actually getting from this product. And they also said to be cognizant of any trade-offs that might come from their processes or the way they do business. Right, exactly. Well, the trade-offs is the big thing. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they do uh, follow those guidelines then because I'm forever buying things that say environmentally friendly, but they don't, they don't explain why. Yeah, I mean, and they do so at their peril. I mean, the FTC could enforce the, the anti-false uh, advertising laws against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's so many on the market that I, enforcement is somewhat limited. Right. And so there are a lot of companies that are getting away with uh, some dubious claims. And uh-huh. it's it's your job as the consumer, if you want to be environmentally friendly, to educate yourself about what the claims are being made and by whom and whether there's actually any substance to those claims. Well, let's educate ourselves. I, I was hoping I didn't have that much work to do. Now, <laughs> let, let me you ask you something. You weren't told there'd be homework. No, I was hoping there wouldn't be. Um, when they say something is made from post-consumer content, right, uh, is that the same as that it's recyclable? If it was made from – so technically it was – Well, recyclable or recycled. So, recyclable. Recy- so it already went through a lifespan once, Recyclable. Right? It, in general, it means that it's recycled. Right. Uh, and typically, then it would also be recyclable, although there may be some instances where it has been recycled and it's now no longer recyclable. But so for an example of, of post-consumer content, uh, newspapers are a good example. So uh-huh. let's say I buy a newspaper, I read it. I put it in the blue bin for recycling. It goes, it gets processed, and is recycled into a new newspaper. Uh-huh. And that newspaper has a label on it saying that it's post-consumer content right. because I've already consumed it as a consumer, right. the, which is distinct from pre-consumer content, which is uh, material that hasn't actually reached the consumer yet. So this is... Uh, I never even heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. It's and, and in the labels. Typically... And I haven't seen anything genuinely new in a newspaper in years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is pre? Wait, say that again. What is pre-consumer? What is it? Pre-consumer content. So pre-consumer content is, you know, taking the example of newspapers, when they're printing the newspaper, you may have some rejects, for example, if it's blurry text that can't go to the consumer. Uh So they take that and they put it into the reject pile. Or maybe they have to trim some edge off of the newspaper and they put that into the waste bin. So that's pre-consumer content. Never actually got to the consumer, but they can reuse it. But it is recycled. Yeah, so they can recycle it into uh, the new newspaper that they make. So it's not what we typically think of in terms of recycling, but it does reduce uh, the use of materials. Uh, And so a lot of times when you see these types of materials, it'll say uh, includes 10 percent post-consumer content, 20 Mm percent pre-consumer content, uh, which means then it would have 70 percent new material in there as well. So that would be at least partially recycled. And in most cases, it would then still be recyclable. 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 <laughs> he's going to keep doing that, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's mocking my vocabulary I'm not. Song. I'm singing no, along with it. It's, it's not. We're not singing it now. Okay. Um, have <laughs> you ever used toilet paper where you actually see um, uh, uh, some words printed on it that were from a newspaper? I have not. No. <laughs> I, although have I have you? Yeah. What? 
Yeah, it was like recycled paper, and there was like a little news blurb on See, there. See, where I come from, we call that newspaper. Newspaper? And not toilet paper at all. It's just your, oh, it sounds no, like you were no, using no. newspaper no, as toilet no. paper. No, it was, no, it was actually – no, I forget. It was at somebody's house. Um, now, I <laughs> – <laughs> I use toilet paper made from bamboo, and it says right on the package that it is environmentally friendly. And, of course, it's not so friendly if you're a bamboo tree. But is there any reason to believe that toilet paper made from bamboo is any more environmentally friendly than any other source? There is. Uh, So the Natural Resource Defense Council just issued a study fairly recently about traditional toilet papers, uh, showing showing that uh, they use – Materials that come from clear-cutting the Canadian boreal forest, uh, which is a big issue environmentally. Um, Clear-cutting creates a lot of environmental damage. What is clear-cutting exactly? So clear-cutting is when they go into an area and they basically just cut down every single tree and then haul it out and leave a barren landscape behind. So Charmin is literally cutting down the environment from whence their cartoon bears come. You could say that. (laughs) Okay. I don't like the cartoon bears. But I don't either, but I, I think they deserve a home. The whole my hiney is clean thing is just gross. Oh, no, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. And the two parents staring at a piece of toilet. No, staring at the underwear on the floor going, I'm not going to pick it up. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I never want to see that one. Yeah, it's not good. Um, all right, so there are companies that clear cut, uh, and that's where they get their paper from. Correct, uh-huh. yes. But bamboo is a different is a different story altogether. Yes. So bamboo is actually a grass. And the reason that they use bamboo. Is it? It is. Yeah. Uh, bamboo is a wow, grass. Wow. It's an aggressive grass. Yes. It's a Because very... we have it in our backyard. And man, you, could, you couldn't clear cut that if you wanted to. It just keeps coming back. Yeah. Well, you can clear cut it, but it'll be back the next day. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Now, my daughter says I can pour water with soap suds from Method brand soap onto the mulch. Is, is my daughter the one who certifies the envir- environmentally friendly claim? That's the first thing I need to know because she certainly seems to think she is. Um, but she says that if, you, if it's Method soap, she has a tendency to like a soap that's very expensive. Um, she said <laughs> that if it's Method soap, you can pour, pour those suds on the, on the mulch pile. Do you think that's right? Uh, it might be. I'm not familiar with method, method soap. I don't oh, know. Oh, it's in what, my kitchen. I, I've never been to your kitchen, so no, I'm not familiar my, with it's it. It's also in my bathroom. I mean, it depends on what the chemical composition is. Um, there are, uh, so I'm not familiar with your daughter's ability to certify environmentally friendly claims, but <laughs> there are uh, Low, government agencies that can certify claims. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also third parties that certify environmental claims. So you have the EPA. For example, that has some uh, certification. What are the odds of them coming to my kitchen? Do you see the problem I'm having? I do. Can you okay. get an EPA person to come by your house and check out your environmental situation? <laughs> and care, I and don't carry think the, so. Carry no. the bucket out. <laughs> carry the bucket out. To, you, okay, here's another, uh, and it was alluded to in the introduction. I use environmentally friendly dog waste bags, and I think that that what that means is that the bags biodegrade. Um, and I remember a few years ago, you might be too young to remember this, but there were biodegradable trash bags for a while. And then we were told, oh, don't use those either because they, they broke down, but they broke down basically to smaller pieces of plastic that just flew around and went in the ocean. So the other option I have is I eat a lot of sun-made raisin bread, okay. and I could just use those bags. Well, so there's two things. You, so, I just yeah. I just put my hands up in and I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and, 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 and you've, you've and almost I, stumped the professor here, but I think right. he has he has yeah. some uh, 
something is. So there's two things. The the term degradable is actually uh, a, a term that's that's enforced these days. So it, it in in order for something to be called degradable, it mm-hmm. should, as the, they say, return to nature within oh, okay. one year. I think they, one year. Yeah, they say a reasonable period of time, and then they define that as being one year. Oh yeah. So well, use those doggy bags. Don't don't stock I, up on those doggy bags. Well, no, I took one out of my pocket the other day from a vest that I hadn't worn in a while. And uh, it couldn't be used. I mean, it, it fell was, apart. It was very holy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's a good sign that yeah, it's degradable. It a, yeah. Unless um, you're trying to clean up waste in that moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and how about the raisin bread? <laughs> well, so the raisin, the raisin bread bags. I would say, if they're not degradable and they're not recyclable, then I would say it's a good use, provided that they're providing you the sanitation that you need. You know, if it's not a sanitary bag and it's not sealing well, then they're not sanitary bags, are there anyways? I just tie them up at the top. Well, no, I, I just mean in terms of giving you good uh, protection from what you're putting into it. Oh, I see. From picking up the waste? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but, the sun-made raisin bags, I think they now say they're recyclable. But even that claim is sometimes – like, for example – Styrofoam will sometimes be marked with one of those little recyclable uh, triangles. But that's only true if you have a styrofoam recycling facility in your area, which in Santa Monica we do not. So, like, for the um, sun-made raisin bags to say they're recyclable doesn't necessarily mean they can be recycled in the Santa Monica system. That's right. And what is recyclable is very dependent on your location. So if you want to know what you can recycle, you should check with your local waste hauler or check with the city or with L.A. County. So L.A. County has a website that gives advice as to what is recyclable. I live in a city in L.A. County that uh, gives different advice because they have more specific recycling. What city is that? Uh, It's La Cunada. Oh, aren't you fancy with your extra recycling abilities, huh? Yeah, we are (laughs) pretty special. We're pretty proud of our town. Do they do more recycling there than other towns, La Cunada? Well, based on what we have on our waste haulers website, they do, uh-huh. at least with respect to L.A. County. So there's more materials that I can put into my recycling bin. Uh, How about styrofoam? Um, styrofoam, I don't recall. Definitely not styrofoam peanuts, uh, oh, but I maybe large large pieces of styrofoam. It's possible. I would have yeah. to double check that. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of just swinging by your house when I need to recycle. You should just drop it off at his house in I La Cunada. I may as well. I may as well. It's kind of on your way to the studio. With a little thing of method soap so you could cheat. Yeah, it probably is on my way. I'll just follow you home tonight. How about that? Well, waste pickup is on Fridays, so just so you know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. just, just load up the car next time. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do that. There we go. Pete Seeger said, if it can't be reduced, reused, repaired, rebuilt, refurbished, refinished, resold, recycled, or composted, then it should be restricted, redesigned, or removed from production. Stay tuned to find out how to be smart about being environmentally friendly. The Cat of the Week is Lafayette from Rockingham, North Carolina. Thank you, Daniel. And we're back with Justin Erisman. There's a lot of letters there. Did you just get to saying Eris? Uh, yeah, you know, I hated filling in Scantron tests when I was a kid because yeah. I was the last to finish. Yeah, of course you were. <laughs> Why? Because there's a lot of letters in yeah. your name? Yeah, a lot of bubbles to fill in. Oh. Really, hell, if you're ever lost at sea and have to say who you are by, How by many a semaphore. Letters is it? You know, I've never counted. It's oh. E-H-R-E-S-M-A-N-N. And I didn't count. Oh. Neither did I. 
Um, but our listeners can. And please send that in at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. How many letters are the professor's name? All right. So, um, Paula, you want to you kick this off? Uh, all right. Okay. So we're talking about, you know, ways to be an environmentally friendly. And Captain Crinkle had a question, which is, um, <laughs> are the cornstarch disposable cutlery that you get with to-go foods viable? Um, are they making a difference? They do. Uh, and so one of the advantages... Of those uh, materials is that they are more degradable than single-use plastics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have that environmental advantage that they will degrade more rapidly uh, or will degrade at all. And, you know, depending on the product, some of these products are made with uh, agricultural byproducts. So, for example, there's a company called EcoWare that uses agricultural uh, byproducts that would otherwise have been thrown away and turns those into utensils and packaging and that sort of thing. So they're actually... One, creating something that's degradable, and two, they're using material that would have just otherwise gone to waste. So there are a lot of advantages to those types of products. Um, yeah, I, I thought California was had a law or was considering a law, or was it just Santa Monica? I can't remember. Uh, where restaurants weren't supposed to give out um, uh, the cutlery without the customer asking. Well, they have that law for straws now. So if you want a straw in a restaurant, you are going to have to ask for it. Yeah. Uh, although not everybody complies with it. So right. I have been to restaurants recently where they just gave me a straw without me asking for it. Yeah. You, you know, can... I got to say, I would love it if straws were gone entirely. Um, and you know, Or if I just Except had my own. there are people with like Parkinson's or, or, yeah. or, or, or things like that that need a straw in order to be able to, to, uh, to drink. Absolutely. The, th- the, the thing, the middle ground that I dislike is those paper straws. Man, do I dislike those. Those are those break down oh, halfway through your drink. Yeah. yeah. I remember we used to have them for milk in uh, the cafeteria in elementary school. We knew then they sucked. Yeah. The wax <laughs> wax straws. They still they still yeah. suck. No, in fact we thought we were living high when we got the plastic ones. But that's You're not a paper straw apologist, are you, Professor? I am not. No, okay. I um, detest the paper straws. I I do <laughs> excellent. I do like the uh, silicone straws and the metal straws, although you have to actually clean those. Um, yeah. I have uh, silicone straws in my breasts. Do you? Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> that might account for some of the shape f- yeah. issues that you've been facing lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's Germain. Probably shouldn't have got um, it put in. Um, let, let me ask you something. Okay. I use uh, bar cloths uh, to clean all day long in my house. Uh, you know, little terry cloth rags. Instead it, of paper towels. Instead of paper towels, exactly. And uh, you know, my cats pee all over the house. I'm forever spilling things. There's a lot of use for those bar rags. On the other hand, that means about once a week, I wash a load of cloths. Now, you were talking before about the trade Also, you use a coal-powered uh, laundry machine, don't you? I am using a coal-powered laundry machine, and my children <laughs> are the miners. Oh. So, so is, that, is that offset by by using by not using paper towels? I don't towels? know. Professor? Well, so I would say in an area like Southern California where water is scarce, uh, yeah. you may want to switch to a hybrid method and not shun paper towels completely. Oh. So that's what I do. I, yeah. I use both the, as you say, the bar cloths and paper towels. So if do you have 13 a, cats? I do not, no. Okay. I'm actually very allergic to cats. So oh, are you? 13, yeah, oh 13 cats would probably put me in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so, Paula, make sure there's no fur in the recycling when you bring it over to his house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, even my vest has uh, fur all over it. I'm surprised you haven't had a reaction. Oh, well, okay. That's important to know because I have eschewed paper towels. 
Yeah, uh-huh. no, I would I would say the hybrid method of using paper towels when there's a small spill uh, or something that would soil the rag that you can only use at one time. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you can use a cloth multiple times or reserve it for bigger spills, yeah. that would probably be a better method. If you're in an area where there's plenty of water and a water resource is not a concern, then maybe you would just use... Well, I think that's nowhere now, isn't it? I, well, I except this... for the seas are rising. But I, ultimately, water is going to be the, the, the thing that we fight over. Yeah, sure. And But there are some areas, you know, maybe in the Pacific Northwest where they don't have water scarcity. But uh-huh. certainly... In well, you that... can just leave your bar cloth out on the porch at night and it'll get washed it'll by get washed nature by. with nature a little method soap on it. Nature will wash it with, the, <laughs> with its method. Let's talk about reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes. Because you had something interesting to say about that in that I just thought of those as three things we should do. No, so those are ordered uh, in level of importance. So, so recycle is the least important of those. Well, it's sort of our last stop. Uh, we want to before we get to recycle, we want to reduce and then reuse and then, if needed, recycle. And and is how much of a difference is that going to make? Well, on an individual basis or on a planetary basis. On, on a planetary basis, it does have an impact. I mean, if we can all say cut our waste in half, that will have a huge impact on uh, the amount of waste that's going into landfills, uh, the amount of um, materials that are being made uh, it, for us to use, which will reduce the emissions from the manufacturing. Um, so it can have a big impact. Like, is, is me going to the store and looking for eco-friendly products the, the, the most efficient way for us to reduce and reuse and recycle our resources? It's not. So I think one of the most frustrating parts for me of the contemporary environmental movement is that a lot of the onus for environmental protection has been pushed onto the individual. And, you know, as we've been discussing during this uh, episode, it requires a lot of education uh, on the part of the individual to know what you need to do in order to be environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. And I think we could have a much bigger impact if we push that onus back onto our governments, back onto large corporations, so that they can do more of the top-down command and control environmental environmental protection that is necessary. Well, I think part of the reason for that, right, because um, we always used to be told um, by uh, the environmental movement that um, we uh, we are activists with our money. So what you purchase... Uh, or what you don't purchase is is your activism to some degree, right? So if I'm not supporting a company that does bad things, then they'll stop doing bad things. Right, absolutely. And we can't buy our way out of these problems. I think the first step is... What? Un- <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, I, on the, the first step is for individuals to reduce their own consumption. Right. Um, and, you know, if the, these products that they're buying make them feel good about their environmentalism and work as a gateway drug towards more environmentalism, I think that's fantastic. You know, if people want to if people buy bamboo toilet paper and it makes them feel good and they want to chase that dragon to buy more environmentally friendly products or donate to environmental ad- advocacy groups, that's fantastic. But right now what we really need is um, large structural changes that will get us out of the problems that we have. And going and for that, we look to Paula Poundstone. Well, no. If um, so, all right. So, if we're talking to our listeners that are sitting with a, a pad of paper beside them and a pen right now, determined while driving, determined to act on what you have to say, what are the top three things that you would ask of them to have a more effective movement? I well, first I would say is on the individual level is reduce your own consumption. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I would. It, You're calling it, them fat. You're calling our listeners fat. I am not. No, he's not talking, <laughs> it sounds he's not like talking he about was. that kind of it, consumption. No, it sounds like he just, you know. No, no, this isn't food consumption. This is just material consumption. I think you're consumption. perfect the way you are, listeners. 
just no, so you know. He's talking about and, I, okay. I, 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 and, and just so you know, the 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 whole concept of retail therapy is flawed. Um, you know, the, when people buy more stuff, it doesn't actually make them happier. The no. studies have shown that buying less stuff makes you happier. And so, you know, in terms of reducing your impact, you could think about maybe not buying uh, some unnecessary clothing. The fashion industry has a huge impact on the environment that people are not always aware of. Uh-huh. So I think that would be the first step is just reducing your consumption. The the second step would be educating yourself on environmental issues and, and finding what you're passionate about. So if the reason you're buying uh, toilet paper that's made from bamboo is because you care about Canadian boreal forest, then investigate the issue of Canadian boreal forest and how we protect it. Because if you stop buying the toilet paper, that's not necessarily going to stop the forest from being cut down. They okay. still might cut down the forest to use it for other products as well. So I think mm-hmm. educating yourself and finding what you're really passionate about is important so that you can then run with that passion and maybe donate to environmental advocacy groups, uh, donate to uh Uh, politicians and uh, support politicians who are environmentally friendly and hold them accountable for their actions on the environment. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Justin Arisman, for recycling good information about being environmentally friendly. And now we're going to take that information you gave us and we're going to run it through the old pounce donator. House band Daniel Grimsland, could I have a little background music? Uh, I'm going to tell you what I know now about living environmentally friendly. Yeah. I have spent years using bar mops to clean up spills and rogue cat pee in my house, and it turns out I may have caused California's water shortage. I'm sorry, Colorado, who California steals our water from. I thought I was saving trees by not using paper towels. Jesus, this is a blow. And I've been using bamboo toilet paper to avoid toilet paper made by clear-cutting forests, but the bamboo, it turns out, is taken from the set of Survivor. Look, you guys, don't give up on your efforts to live an environmentally friendly life. But the truth is, to save the earth, vote. Vote hard, vote green. This problem is bigger than straws, but don't use straws. We need governments all over the world to help. The good news is, I don't have to buy any more toilet paper at all. This whole subject is constipating me. I don't think I'll ever poop again. He is an adjunct professor at the University of Southern California's Environmental Studies Program and a partner in Louis Roca Rothgerber Christie's Intellectual Property Practice Group. Wow. Thank you for being on our show, Justin Erisman. Coming up, Tony Anita Hull shares your descriptions of our show. That's coming up right after this. According to climate scientists, we have nine years and 42 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. We're back, and I'm really starting to settle into the studio, Paul. I feel like I've got my chair adjusted right now. Um, I've gotten used to the the, uh, the faces on the other side of the glass over in the incubator looking at us. Yeah, I keep tapping on the window. Just to make sure they're alive? Yeah, trying yeah. to get them to move. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to go into the little uh, tunnel there that I brought. Uh, you brought, I brought a habit trail? I brought a thing from uh, my fish tank. That wouldn't even be appropriate for babies in an incubator, let alone full-sized um, editors and producers. Yeah, but I, th- I think they can get through. Hey, wait! What? Hey, look! Uh, I, I, there's another bid. A bid oh, in our of, auction for uh, the papier-mâché the, head. For the freedom head, the papier-mâché head, head from the um, Alcatraz escape. Okay. Um, I, I'm uncomfortable calling it the freedom head. 
Because although although we do sentimentally want to root for people breaking out of prison, these we are— We made movies about them. We made movies about them. We are talking about some genuine criminals who genuinely escaped from a prison and put themselves back in the general population. Okay, so the justice system the and the uh, um, Alcatraz always believed that they died, that they perished in the in the water. I know, that, that was my belief. never found their sure. bodies. Uh, that's oh, by the way, in, in terms of not calling it the Freedom Head, I want you to know that the men who made it— um, named two of the heads Oink and Oscar. They had pet names. Well, which one do we have here tonight? Heads. This which, is Oscar. by the way, I'm unsure of the provenance of the, these heads. I'm sure. That, I'm not sure this is Oink or Oscar. This is Oscar. How do you know? Uh, because I asked when I got it. Um, okay. So in 2013, the FBI got a letter claiming to come from John Anglin, one of the brothers. Okay. Uh, saying oh. that he was alive. Right. And that he uh, he had cancer. And he was willing to agree to go back to prison for a year right. if he could get treated for his cancer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how did the authorities respond to that letter? They didn't. In they, fact, they covered it up. They didn't even say they got the letter for a long time. Because they were embarrassed that he was alive? I don't know. They never really verified that he was or wasn't alive. I, I think they so tried we don't to know do like DNA stuff, but I don't likely know. likely that this guy just went ahead and died of cancer. Uh, more than likely. I, I, I think it's weird to get your health care from prison. What do you mean? I mean, I think it's weird to check into prison to get your health care. Well, I think that's a, that's a good statement about where we are today with health care in America. Am yeah. I right? Uh, Adam, answer the phone. What? Answer the phone. I, I don't think that's necessary at this juncture, Paula. Uh, answer the phone. Um... Hello. Hello. I'm looking for Adam Felbach. Who's this? Uh, wow. Who is this? Am I, by any chance, the hundredth caller? No, you are not the hundredth caller. If if I'm counting correctly, you are the fortieth caller on our program. That's all right. I don't want to hang out with you. Who is this? I'll give you a hint. I'm a wonderful tenor. A wonderful tenor. A fabulous chuffer. A, wa- a fabulous chuffer. And most importantly, for our purposes, I am Witty Rose Feynman's fixer. Oh, <laughs> you are Herschel Peckenstein, or whatever that name is. I am, uh, f- I forgive you, I am Herschel Bernardi Th- Jr. This is actually Herschel Bernardi. I am Herschel Bernardi Jr. Heusch- Do I have I'm to say Heusch- it with a Brooklyn accent? I'm Herschel Bernardi Jr. <laughs> okay, Herschel, well, welcome to our program. This is good, because I've been wanting to... Sp- speak to somebody from Winnie's World anyway. Um, I believe you are in breach of your contract with the Hoysel Bernardi Community Theater in Huntington, New York. Okay, now, just because you're on our show, I do feel like I have to remind our listeners, our longtime caller, Winnie Rose Feynman, uh, decided to to book the Herschel Bernardi Community Theater for, Bernardi for theater. a production of Love Letters starring me and correct. her. That and frankly, correct. I'm creeped out by her, and I was not going to be uh, willing to be in the... Your producer-director, Winnie Rose Feynman, tells me you have not been rehearsing your part in Love Letters. I have not been, because I've never consented to be in Love Letters. It was a voible agreement. There was no voible agreement. <laughs> well, Mr. Felber, you have fucked with the wrong shut-in. Uh, wait, who who's the shut-in here? You or Winnie? Uh, Miss Winnie Rose Feynman, your producer-director. She's not my producer-director. I've never In agreed. Love Letters. No, Love Letters, Mr. Bernardi, I'm sure your theater is lovely, but nothing is going to— My theater was named after, after my father. Oh, he was also Herschel Bernardi? Uh, yes, Herschel Bernardi, Herschel Bernardi Sr. Really? I'm Hoysel Bernardi Jr. Let me ask you something, Mr. Bernardi. Uh, what faith are you, if, if I can get personal? 
I'm asking if you're, you know, you, you, with the name Herschel, I assumed that you were, like my ancestry, Jewish. I'm, I'm Jewish. Okay, we don't name people after living people. It's just, it's absolutely taboo. It's, it's just my not My father was dead uh, several months before I was born. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, you yeah, know what? You brought up a very painful topic, Mr. Falbo. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry topic. I did that. Sorry I did that. Yeah. Uh, Touche. Okay. So, uh, listen, Mr. Bernardi, I'm sure you have a lovely theater. I, I want it's nothing. It's a lovely theater. It's named after my father. Her, the, the late Herschel Bernardi, Bernardi Sr., senior. Um, who never lived to have his name be made senior. It was a tragedy. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I'm not coming to do the show. What do you got to you? What do you got to you? What? Bummits for that day? What no, do you mean? You're no, not no, going no. to do the show. I'm actually an atheist. Um, I, um, well, don't I, let that stop you. You get a lot of gifts. You know, uh, Mr. Bernardi, for one, I'm not you going to do this. You're not hoisting your part. I can't spell this out anymore. I have no intention of rehearsing the part. But you can do me a favor, sir, if you don't mind. And and I say this with respect. How did we reach that point in the conversation? We just, we just got there. Yeah. And here's the favor you could do. And it would be a favor to you and more than anything to Winnie Rose Feynman. You must know some nice people, especially running a theater. You must know some actors. I and know something. some very fine people. Could you introduce Winnie around a little bit? I think she needs to meet people... Human people, not on the podcasts or radios, around her. Mr. Velma, listen to me carefully right now. Okay. She has her heart set on you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have to go now. My client is calling on the other line. Oh, Jesus. Don't take All right. Oh, thank you, Mr. Bernardi. Okay. Wow. wow boy, you are in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you don't see the... I don't know why you don't see the words written on the wall there. What, what what are the words that are written on the wall, Paul? Rehoice! I'm not going to rehearse. <laughs> not, this is dangerous. I don't want to encourage her in any way. Um, I want to move us on. Can I yes, move us on? Yes, let's move us on. Now, let's, Paula, you've been Your various... legal troubles are not of interest to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, you've uh, at, at various times uh, uh, expressed a dissatisfaction with the way you describe our show. Is that correct? Yes, I'm not very good at describing the show. Now, and I've yeah, heard I you try. in interviews, in fact. I've been on stage before, and I say from the stage, I'll say, oh, I do a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Pound. So, and usually, you know, not a huge amount of people, but some people applaud and kind of hoot and indicate right. that they do listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Pound. So, and then I begin to try to describe it. It just falls apart. Right, and we've been soliciting, with various degrees of success, descriptions from our listeners of our podcast. In fact... And I want to take take a moment to take my hat off to your manager, our producer, Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns, because on the new website, which is the now live, is up! it's up. The first thing you see are some of our listeners' show descriptions. It rotates in. When you reload the page, you get a different show description. And it's wonderful. And, you know, Bonnie, for weeks, has been guaranteeing us that by the time you hear the show... The podcast, the the new website will be up, and finally yeah. it is. It's up, and, and we said a, that's where you're going to be able to buy the beauty. buy the t-shirts and the pussy pillows. The poundstone pussy pillows are uh -huh. there. The the t-shirts made from a uh, tri-poly blend. The remarkably soft t-shirts, right. With the uh, self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. They're available at paulapoundstone.com, which is the home are, of my new website. Are they though? 
Because at the moment we are recording this right now, yeah. the store on the website does not work. Well, no, but that Bonnie says <laughs> Bonnie says that's going to be fixed. Is that going to be fixed by the time yeah, no. that people hear the this podcast? The reason it's not working is Wendell's panicking. He's very concerned. <laughs> Your you know, Wendell, Wendell yeah. my assistant Wendell, who, who makes, actually sews the pussy pillows. He does. We, we, as you pointed out, we've we've made a sweatshop out of my son's old bedroom, and uh, Wendell goes in there all hours of the night, sewing right. the poundstone pussy pillows right. with the um, cat joke on one side and the and the grommet, so you can tie a string and tug the the uh, catnip Wh- toy. Which you should you should include the string. I don't include the string. The you know what? I don't want to enable the listeners. Well, I do. So the Nobody's. They bring their own string, uh, and then I can sign it to your cat on the other side. And Wendell is so worried that there's going to be an influx of orders, an avalanche of orders. Yeah, that that, uh, that he hasn't gotten the necessary information about the website about the. He, he said he doesn't want the store part to be working until he has all his supplies ready. Okay, so Captain Crinkle, you can't guarantee one way or the other whether the store will be open for business at the time that the listeners hear this. No, it's going to be. It's up. It's, it's up. up. <laughs> it's up. That is the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily the true answer, but it is on this yeah. show the no, correct it's answer. It's up. Go ahead, you guys. Go over there, paulapoundstone.com, and, uh, you know, f- it just feast your eyes on the, on now, the uh, now we shopping don't, center. We don't yet have an adjunct site a link, but we will soon. What is to, adjunct site? Uh, just a, a related site uh, that's going to piggyback on yours. What does adjunct mean? Uh, connected to? So someone's an adjunct professor. They're connected to a professor. I think so. Huh. Do you want to look up adjunct? Or, I don't. Or, okay, then let's continue. Okay. Um, you know, because Paula doesn't uh, attach the string to the grommet, I'm attaching the string to the grommet at a related site, and I will sell them to you. <laughs> Buy the pussy pillows, send them to me, and uh, you can have not Paula Poundstone's pussy pillows, but uh, Felber's feline fun bags. For a low, low price. Uh, this is a total lie. That's not true. You guys get the Poundstone Pussy Pillow. There get is, get, there get is, the fun bags because it's it's is, like no, the Pussy Pillow right. with a less see, offensive name. If you see, <laughs> Tony Anita Hall is hating that. Adam only says that because it upsets Tony when he says fun bags, which is not a, an expression that I had ever heard before. I All heard right, Adam speaking say. Speaking of Tony Anita Hall, let's get her up to the microphone. Tony, uh, you've got more uh, uh, show. Descriptions okay, from our listeners. Okay, before Tony tells her show descriptions, <laughs> she's you guys never going to get to that. No, she is. You know how she got back from this cruise, right? With yeah. The, with the, you know, by the skin of her fucking teeth. All right, so she's, <laughs> she she's going to take a cruise with her brother what? and her niece, and uh, and then it gets dry docked for four days because of coronavirus, and then somebody spills wine on her brother, and he decides not to come, which was the whole reason Tony was going in the first place. And then her niece, who's her age and does not get along with Tony, they spend the whole cruise yelling at each other and crying at interest. Intervals. Yeah. And as a result of this, Tony, what have you done? I booked another cruise. <laughs> yeah. Just in time for the for the virus to flower. I told you. I was listening to NPR one day and they had a, you know, like a virus expert on and he said if they were gonna construct a laboratory for the, you know, a, a fertile ground for the virus to replicate. At- if evil aliens were to say, how can we eliminate the human race? The <laughs> answer would, would be. The- 
a cruise ship. <laughs> because it's people in tight quarters. There's no, there's no, they talked about how they were quarantining people. Well, they weren't quarantining people because the ventilation system goes from room to room and it's an airborne uh, virus. And so, and then people all eating together and a At lot a buffet. Of, and a lot of older it's people. It's always buffets, isn't yeah, it, Tony? Yeah, there's always people like touching the shrimp with one finger and going, oh, it's not big enough. I don't like this shrimp. I, I sneezed on it, but I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> we got a great deal. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so you are you and your brother are going to get that great cruise that you didn't get. Yeah, it's in December. Lots of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we should be totally screwed. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm French Drop. I'm, I'm wearing a mega mask. Oh, look at that, everybody. It is, it's our second favorite hand puppet on the show, French the Trump. The best way to prevent the beer virus is to avoid talking to scientists, doctors, and public health experts. <laughs> All right. Do not worry about this virus, Tony Anita Hall. You are the poster child for the virus. Oh, boy. It will just disappear like a miracle, Tony. That's how it will work, Tony. It will disappear like a miracle. Did it say that on your brochure from the cruise company? Trump, it didn't. Yeah, well, that's it. I'll tell you what, Tony, you need to hell. Vote for me and you will not get the virus. A vote for you, French Trump. <laughs> vote for French Trump is a vote against the virus. You will I not wanna, get I want to go back a few minutes. I, I don't think we even need to rewind the tape. Uh, did you call it the beer virus? It's the beer virus. <laughs> it's caused by beer. It is not caused by it beer. It is Corona beer. No, it, yeah, it's what's absolutely the matter with you? Has nothing do to do you with not beer. watch the news? I, no, I know that it is a form of coronavirus. Yeah, but it's corona precisely. No, but corona means head. Ah. Uh. It's a head cold, basically. It's a he- isn't it a head cold? Well, yeah, it's a virus. It's that- like a cold. You are right. You are right. Well, thank you, it French It is like Trump. a cold. That's exactly right. And you you can use a flu shot. That will help. You can use any kind of shot. You can shoot up heroin, and you will not get the coronavirus. <laughs> I am almost certain that's not true. Any kind of needle injected into yourself will protect you so long as you vote for Trump. <laughs> This is this is an amazing amount of disinformation, and it's no the wonder that people like Tony Nita Hall are booking cruises. The beer virus is to stay in a Trump hotel, or eat a Trump steak, or buy some of Ivanka's cheesy clothing. You just called it cheesy. Uh, cheesy cloth. Cheesy cloth, okay. <laughs> Cheese cloth, yeah, sure. You can also wear a thick layer of crap on your face. What kind of crap? Uh, you know, makeup crap. Yeah, like I do, or like Ivanka does. Oh, you mean like and spray you tan? Find neither of us get sick at all. It is startling <laughs> and dismaying how healthy you seem. Some uh, of the you, time. you know, you, uh, Tony, I need to look a little pale. You could use some orange <laughs> crap for your face, and that would be a protective layer. I hope your cruise is headed to China. <laughs> Why would you hope her cruise is headed to China for Because now that she has the protection of the orange stuff on her face, a mega mask, a vote for Trump, she should be fine. 
All right. Well, I guess that that's that's. Are you going to China on the cruise? Toby? I am not. Where are you headed? Where are you going on your um, cruise? We're going to Mexico and Panama. Oh, very healthy pleasures. <laughs> French Trump, I, I I'm the completely... healthiest of pleasures. Oh my God! It's, it's Many pl- people in Mexico are trying to live there. Did you know that? <laughs> trying to leave there. Many people in Mexico try to live there. Live there or leave there? Live there. Leave there or leave there? <laughs> live there. What are you saying? There. What? Leave there. Live there. No. Leave there. Leave there. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. You don't listen, Adam Felper. Oh, that is your problem. You I, know, if you vote for Trump, I'm not going to vote for you Trump. You will not get the virus. I, no, the voting is not is not a prophylactic against catching a virus. It is. It is not. It is. And no, you put this, put this red MAGA mask on. No, will I will not you. wear your red MAGA mask. And any needle, any needle you use, you can just stab yourself well and broider rang and you are cured. <laughs> I, again, <laughs> I would have to check some sources, but I'm pretty sure that that's not medically the accurate information. It should be ready any day now. Don't talk to scientists. It should be ready any day now. <laughs> We, All right, I, it's going to be ready any day now. It's I about the to... same time that the uh, Poundstone store will be up on the website. Oh, that's up. Yeah. Who's up? Yes. Oh, I the virus is ready. Yeah, Bonnie Burns, is it up? The vaccination up? is no, we need to ask. Up. I'm sorry. We need to hear from French Burns on that. Uh, it's up. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, well, she that's not even off, French Canadian. Off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Tony All Anita, right. how you right. throwing your laugh away? <laughs> can we? Can I talk to Paula in there? Hello. Hi, Paula. Yeah. Um, so can we get can we get Tony Anita Hall to maybe read us some show descriptions? Oh, would you, Tony? Are, are you going to read us show descriptions? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why, we why didn't you them? say so? <laughs> the heck, that'll be great. What you got, Hall? <laughs> um, Kevin Buckley wrote. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is a comedy podcast wherein Paula Poundstone humorously explores all avenues of life while not always staying within the boundaries of truth. The show is often interrupted by the torrid bromance between co-host Adam Felber and his best friend Mike Boom Boom Bonifit. Oh, you know, Adam, answer the phone. No, like nowhere this is going. Answer the phone. Hello. Hi, I'm Mike. Not. I just heard our bromance was brought up on the show. That's so great. You That's know, really the opposite really of great, do, Mike. I really do. You know, I'll tell you something, man. I, usually, I don't usually say this to guys. Okay. You know, but I do really care about you, man. You could have really just as easily not said that, Mike, and no, I man, felt the I, same. You, can you, you already felt it? You felt that I really care? Because I do, man. I really care for you. How you doing, Mike? Uh, it's good It's good to talk to you. You know, uh, so you guys are in a new studio or something? Yeah, we're in a new studio. I hope they put that woman, like, in another booth or something. <laughs> Which woman, you. Mike? You know, that who was that? You worked up Paul Paul Poundstone, yeah. the titular host of this program? Ah, uh, titular. <laughs> you know, the second it came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, just... man, she's titular. You're right, man. No, that she's means that she's some, the name in the title, she's Mike. She's got some titulars. You're you're not oh man. Oh, I, Mike. I knew you'd be thought the same. I oh, knew it too. Good heavens. Man, yeah, breastular. She's breastular. No, that's a completely, <laughs> completely different. Um, anyway, yes, Paula Poundstone yeah, is still bubular. the host. That's why she's boobular. Boobular, Mike? Chugs Poundstone, man, that's so great. Oh, man, I, I hate this. I used to work with her. She's such a bitch. Oh, now, hey there, Mike. 
I think I've warned you a couple of times, and I don't want that kind of talk sullying our new studio home. Just, no, uh, just no, if no. you're going to break out that kind of language about my friend and co-host, Paula Poundstone. Oh, I, you I, mean the titular one? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mike, I don't... Am I the hundredth caller? You're not. Am you're I the hundredth caller? Forty-one. Really? I can't. Forty-one. Forty-one. Oh man, I can't. I can't uh, wait. You and me both, man. I, I want to... this to be over. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to hang out with you after the game. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Hey, hey. Is there any way? Do I have to go online, or can I just bid on Oscar? Bid on Oscar? <laughs> yeah. The what, freedom what? head. The freedom head, man. Oh, the freedom, the freedom head. head. Oh. I just, you know. Like I sometimes I run a little, you know, I say, you know, I run up against the law a little bit. It would just be good to have a freedom head in my back pocket. You know what I mean? I doubt it would fit in you your back I mean? pocket. If I ever but... get like in the slammer, you know what I mean? If I'm ever, if they ever like fucking throw me in Alcatraz, I would have a goddamn freedom head. So well, Mike, Mike, I think you should get off the phone, get online, because I feel like you're the dial-up sort, and uh, maybe. Uh... <laughs> Minute, put a put a bid on the. Wait a minute, dial up. I feel like you might still use a dial-up modem to connect to the internet. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I do recommend that you get that that Oscar the head because yeah. um you know what he'd look great in the passenger seat of your Trans Am and enable you to drive in the HOV lane. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. That's so, great. Why don't you go ahead and bid on that, Mike? Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna get. I thought maybe if I just put in a word with you. you no, know? no, that's not how that's not how an auction works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you like straight or something? What? Like, I mean, do you like not cheat or something like that? Wait, I mean, no, I. No, man, I knew you were straight. What do you think I'm coming on you or something? It felt no, like man. it. I knew you were straight. Okay. Oh, no, no, it felt like you were coming on to me. No, I wasn't coming on. Were you? Were you kidding me? I, I, it felt like all right, all right. No, 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 no. I missed signals. I guess. Oh, okay. Man, I'm, I, I, I'm a guy. You know, I'm a guy. I'm into guy things. I like guy. I know. I like. You women. just said you like guys. I know. I mean, I like you. Not like that. Oh man, don't oh. you have Winnie Rose Feynman to get a little something extra? God damn it, Mike! No. Um, look, uh, she loves you, man. She loves you. I mean, I like you, but she loves you. You should you know give her I mean? a call because uh, she's available. Maybe, maybe you guys could start calling each other. I feel like this might be a solution to, to two very deep problems in my life. <laughs> yeah, Think about giving Winnie a call. Man. You got a lot of problems. You work with a titular woman. <laughs> Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye. If I knew how to hang up this phone, I would. Goodbye. All See right. you, Adam. See you. Bye. Okay, so, uh, Tony! Yeah! Oh, man, my rock. Man. How are you? What else do we have, uh, description-wise? Uh, yeah, Dominic from Tucson wrote, um, Meandering chaotic trip down the rabbit hole that is Paula Poundstone's mind. Seemingly pointless, but odd- oddly satisfying, much like life itself. Well, that's... Ooh, I like that. I do. I don't love seemingly pointless, because I think we are explicitly pointless. <laughs> No, I think it, you know, it it appears that it's going to be pointless, and then it makes a, a hard left. Into what? <laughs> Pointiness. Point. Pointiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sharp points. Okay. Crystal clarity. I, I do like that. Dominic from Tucson, I, I like that one. That one, I could see that one just popping up on the website. I, yeah, yeah, I could too. Before Thank the you, store Dominic. does. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Let's see. Have any others? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not um, up, honey. And, uh, uh-huh. Um, and finally, Isla Harlow said, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is the prequel podcast where you find out why Adam stops coming to every show. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I was Paula, so you know, you're not getting that. It. No. She says it's the prequel podcast where you find out why I stopped coming to every show. Oh. Because, you know, the, the gag that I loathe about me on the show is that I'm on every show. 
Well, you are, though. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, and I, one but of I, our listeners made note of it in one of the uh, theme songs. Yes, and then every listener now makes note of it because you. Well, mentioned because once it a their lot. attention was drawn to it, it's just hard to avoid. You are well, on I think once every their attention was drawn show. To, yes, that's right. And yeah. I think there's other things we could say about me. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no. Anyway, Isla, I, I I take your meaning, and I I thank you for that. Wait a minute. Did I tell you we had another bid? No. Did I tell we had not, did I I can't remember if I told you about this one. I don't There's know. A, you you we, you've barely I, oh, been here. There's crazy. been all these phone it calls. It just and happened a minute visits. ago and then I got distracted. Yeah. I, I'm sorry if I seemed like not I, I was like, we have a five hundred thousand dollar bid for the freedom ad. Oh wow. It's That's from a... Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Technically it's from all of us because he's using taxpayer money since Amazon pays no taxes. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna stand for that, Scott Franciscus? Gonna try to get Scott. To... You're not gonna get Scott to bid more than half a million dollars, huh? Scott, I don't think Scott has that kind of money. Wait a minute, Scott Franciscus, because there it is. What? Wait. All right, now we've got an auction. <laughs> Scott Franciscus. Do we even our, have? Okay. Our benefactor just bid five hundred thousand fifty dollars. Oh, well, I'm for sure. The freedom I'm sure head. Bezos is out then, huh? <laughs> for Oscar. Yeah. Too rich for my blood, said wow. the richest man on the planet. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, he's probably out. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, so uh, Tony, you got another description? That was the last one. Ah, oh, shit. All Wait right. a minute. Wait a minute. What? Jeff Bezos is back. Oh, wow. For $600,000 for the Freedom Man. Wow. This is more than the Lewis and Clark keelboat went well, I like from. that he went big and, and just basically added another 100000 kind of showing Scott Franciscus who has the money to throw around here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think Franciscus is finally out. Anywho, if you want to reach uh, out to us about anything, email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Wait a minute. Oh, no. Paul Manafort <laughs> must have had time to call his former employer, the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, because he is back with $600,100 bid for the Freedom Ad. This is unbelievable. This is quite an exciting auction going on. Oh, man. Paul Manafort there. really wants Oscar the Freedom Ad. Yeah. I, I, again, Paul Manafort, if you're spending more than half a million dollars for paper mache head, it's not that It's not that good. I mean, I'm looking at it right here. It's just a it's a crudely don't done. Don't touch it. Don't it's touch a, it. Yeah, I don't, when you touch the eyebrows, they come off. It's flimsy. <laughs> It's a flimsy, flimsy head. It's not going to be helpful for. It's a piece of history, Adam. I don't think Manafort wants it for I like, history. If I had like the Declaration of Independence here, you'd go, "Oh, look, I could just tear this." It's flimsy. Okay, it's a piece okay. of history. Yeah, no, 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 no. Point it's taken. a piece of history. It is a piece of history. It's Oscar, the Freedom Head. <laughs> Can that be sung to the tune of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Oscar, the Freedom Head. Yes, more or less. <laughs> All right, now, um, speaking of hotel soap, Paula, uh, where are you going to be performing next? You know, I hate promoting myself. It's the one part of my job that I really dislike. And yet the fans love it so much. Please, Paula, please tell us where you're going to be. All right, moving on. I'm in Stewart, Florida, at the Lyric Theater on March 28th. Uh I'll be in New York City at Town Hall on April 30th and on June 26th. I'm in Thousand Oaks, California. That's right around here. At the Civic Arts Plaza. It is. I drove past it on my way here tonight. <laughs> yeah. Come I'm... to think of it, I drove past the Lyric Theater in Stewart, Florida as well. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Oh, my Anything God. else you want to promote while we're here? Well, I do like to mention my Butterfinger single, my rap 
my social justice rap song called Not My Butterfinger and the ringtone are also now available for download on my new website, paulapoundstone.com, as well, of course, as the pussy pillows and the T-shirts that we mentioned earlier. All right. Now, speaking of Butterfingers, Paul. I heard I, you. I heard you on. Uh, uh, you're, you're like Captain Crinkle's nephew or something. No, no, no. I, I wanted, I it, like I wanted it to be heard. Sound. This will work continuity-wise, and then oh, you'll, you'll, you'll soon understand why. Okay. See, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, received $1,000 in a request, <laughs> which is from um, Max Hodges of— uh, I thought o- it was going to be from Trump. No, of omgjapan.com. Uh, do If you remember, they have over like 180 flavors of Kit Kats in Japan. That's and, crazy. And omgjapan.com uh, will import them. You can go to their website and order it, and their store is up. Oh, mine's up. Oh, yeah. Mine's sure. up, yeah. Anyway, so we've been testing these really weird flavors of Kit Kats, and we're under no obligation to like them. Um, I thought it would be fun to do a blind taste test with this one. Paula, uh, okay. you can Hold describe on. it if you want. First of all, I have to blind myself. Do you have the acid? Uh, no, 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 no. You just have to not not know what you're eating. It seems painful, but for this show, for these nobodies, it's a metaphorical I am blindness. Happy to you're do fine. It. You no, know no, what no. I mean? Less trips to the what, eye doctor. That's my feeling. Why, why don't you just talk about what you're seeing in your hand there? Okay, I am seeing uh, a waxy Kit Kat. But uh, it's not Kit Kat colored. No, it's um, it's a tan color. It's almost the same color of, as Oscar, uh, the Freedom Head. Yeah, it's got a paper mache look to it. Yeah, it kind of does. And I know what flavor it is. You, you don't. I, I do, think we should taste these. You do know what these. flavor it is? Yes. All right, ready? Let's go. All right. What are you thinking, Paul? <laughs> wow, that's a weird flavor. Um, mm-hmm. All right, based on the consistency, uh-huh. oh. the waxy exterior, yeah. I'm going to say Mitch McConnell's cheek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I I think somebody like Ransom Marzipan threw Mitch McConnell and served us what came out the other end. What the end. fuck is Marzipan? It's like that 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 almond, isn't it like almond based? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why do you guys know that? Did because you learn a, that on a cruise? It's a fairly common confection, and yeah. yes, they appear at cruise buffets. I never, <laughs> I never heard of that confection. Marzipan? Never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Well, never maybe it'll it. show up in the vocabulary song. Yeah, maybe it just will. Here, answer the phone, Adam. Answer the phone. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Barfit. Everybody heard of Marzipan. What the fuck's the matter with that girl? Everybody uh, heard of Marzipan. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to say that. I just wanted to back you up. Say, am I the 100 caller? N- no, you're not. 42. Oh, fuck. All right, I'll call you back. No, you don't have to. Okay, Um. so... <laughs> so I never heard of Marzipan. What do you think of the thing you just ate, though? It's a country that Tony's taking a cruise to. <laughs> That's Marzipania, <laughs> where Marzipan comes Marzipan. from. Marzipania, where the, I think, is the Where the virus national. is taking over. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the- uh, you got a goddamn <clears throat> death wish, Tony Anita Hall. That's your I'd problem. I'd to get live. Wow. And, and apparently your brother- I love I love that. It's a whole family thing. <laughs> yep. Do you want to? Yeah, I want to. That's beautiful. <laughs> this is why we my... don't do taste tests on this show. Oh, Did you like the candy? I... No. You thought it tasted like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> tastes like Mitch McConnell's cheek. Okay. In fact, his right cheek. Well, you might have been. You might be right. It was actually... face cheek. I mean, face cheek. Face cheek. Yeah. 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 The actual flavor was Momiji Mumju. Oh, of course. It's a buck- oh fuck. That was right. I knew it started with an M. That's what I knew. Yeah, you and were I, very close. Momibi, you with... Mitch McConnell. Momiji. Same Mumju. initials. Yeah. M M. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you voters in Kentucky, um, vote Momimi Manju. Look for it. Yeah, look for it on the ballot this this fall. Yeah. Um, it's a um, buckwheat maple leaf shaped rice. Oh, of course. That was the flavor is. of Kit Kat we sampled this week. Buckwheat maple leaf <laughs> shaped 
rice. What do you mean maple leaf shaped? I don't know. Tony Nita Hall told me. My, maple leaf shaped. It was the- How do you shape was, rice like maple leaf? Well, and what does that have to do with it? It was a Kit Kat. It was shaped like a Kit Kat. There was no shape inside. Oh, it's like, it looks like it looks like it might be a popular rice pastry or rice cake that's shaped like a maple leaf in oh. Japan. You and there's a picture of it on the wrapper. Written in Japanese, like yeah, I'm but there's a picture of a maple leaf shaped it. cake. Oh yeah, I see what it says. Yeah. No, Mamiji yeah. Mamju. Yeah. No, it's Mamiji Manju. No, I see what it says. No, you don't. You're just... No, you're just making Japanese-esque sounds. It's not anything. Now you're pretending to read Japanese very carefully. I, of course I'm reading it. I'm reading it left to right. Yeah, I'm not Do you know why? No, do you? Because I'm Japanese-Jewish. We're going to move on. No, that would be right to left. Excuse me, I take it back. That would be right to left. All right. Anyway, you can find a complete list of Paula's upcoming performances at paulapoundstone.com. We'll be back with more. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. After this. Fun fact. German chocolate cake is named after a man named Sam German and not the country. The country Germany is named after Sam's brother, Max. That's true. Sam German. How come he be mom? Okay, welcome back, Paula. <laughs> Can I talk to Paula there? Uh, we're, we're, any, anything you, you want to uh, yes, report? I mean, we're, Oh, my God. <laughs> Japanese Poundstone is the last thing this show needs right now. <laughs> Do you want to report on the results of our auction? Because we got to go. Uh, we have uh, mini Kit Kats available. Was, uh, that, was that Japanese? That You're doing Adam, a hand puppet. Adamson. Many, oh, well, at least many, I'm getting an honorific many, here. Many Kit Kats are available. <laughs> um, there are many Kit Kats available. Do you remember when uh, the Japanese Prime Minister Abe? Thank you. Uh, came to, and they had the cake at uh, Mar-a-Lago, and brought the 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 wife and uh, Mrs. Abe. Yes, and um, <laughs> Melania took her out. Like Trump, and you know the men met, the presidents met, and then. Melania took poor Mrs. Abe. This is a true thing, I swear I'm not making this up. Okay, yeah. She took her to fi- Japanese gardens in Florida. Wow, now, really? Wouldn't you think that Mrs. Abe was like, we have those? Yeah, I would yeah. think I would think that, that would be wouldn't it. Wouldn't you think that she felt like, yeah. But, you know, I, I bet they— Why not just take her to a Hello Kitty, for God's sakes? A Hello Kitty store? Yeah, exactly. What is it, What is the bug up your butt about Hello Kitty? You really, <laughs> you really have a problem with Hello Kitty, and I don't get it. <laughs> A, really, you, you know what? If you I were like to write a children's years. book right now, it would be called "What Is the Bug Up Your Butt About Hello Kitty?" <laughs> that is so lyrical. Uh, you really do. You really have it. I in know an old woman uh, <laughs> who swallowed a bug up her butt about Hello Kitty. Um, what are you asking me? Is so, you know what? what? We have only a few more seconds before the auction is closed. Yeah, let's change the subject. Going once for six hundred thousand one hundred dollars from. Paul Manafort going twice. And let me remind listeners, if you are online and want to bid on this auction, this is your last chance. And wait a minute. What? Scott Franciscus is a high bidder with a new bid of $600,125. Yes. Thank you, Scott Franciscus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... 
That's a lot of money for our show. <laughs> yeah, we could have used that money, Scott. Yeah, uh, assuming no, he's good fantastic. for it. Fantastic. Oh, of course yeah. he's good for it. That's I don't know fantastic. about that. Yeah. Well, well, Scott, we're gonna. Uh, Tony is right now shoving Oscar. The freedom head from the uh, escape from Alcatraz into an envelope. From the Alcatraz escape, not the movie Escape from Alcatraz. That no, will be from next the Alcatraz talking. escape, exactly. Yeah. It's original Oscar head of Oink and Oscar. Yeah, Tony, I would put that in a box. It's it's going to be <laughs> yeah, postage due, think, and yeah, it's got Francisco's won't pay that, this time. I don't think that envelope's going to fit it. And Tony, you're taking the eyebrow off. Be careful. This is original. This is a piece of history. All right, nobodies. Remember, our email address again is nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. The store really is up. That's our show, everybody. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. It's hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Kent Lezebnik, Tony Anita Hall, and Land Romo. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. And mixing by Michael Hoagie. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Daniel Grimsland. And thanks to our guest, adjunct professor Justin Arisman. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? $600,000, huh? No, six hundred. $600,125. Wow. Yeah. No, that's... Boy, thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, the the store is up, but I got to tell you, uh, there's a wall in my house that has uh, a hole in it, the shape of Wendell. <laughs> oh, he, it's getting frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. He just... <clears throat> yeah. Ran just, out. Yeah. He's Cartoon-like, just, leaving he's a silhouette of himself cut out of the right, wall. Right through the, my son's old bedroom slash sweatshop. That's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't. Listen, it's like my assistant tying all those strings on the grommets. That's not even real. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, a podcast network.